Hi, welcome. My name is Danielle Day, and you have found a series here on YouTube called Mother Nature is a Life Coach. I'm so excited that you're here. I hope that you got a chance to read the little blurb about what we're working on. Basically, it's 2021, we're still locked down, and it's January 31st, so we're making progress. February is coming up tomorrow, rabbit, rabbit, and it's probably going to be a few weeks before life gets back to what we're imagining as normal. So I don't know about you, but I have extra time on my hands. And I'd love to share with you some ideas about how you can cultivate a greater sense of peace and ease in everyday life. And this is for anybody. You know, I'm 53 years old this year. And so I'm in a place where I achieved all my goals in my 20s, my 30s, and my 40s. And up until January of 2020, Man, I was rocking. I was going full steam ahead with my career and all the iterations it took from social work to personal training to yoga teacher training to now. I wrote a book I'm so excited about, Light 10 Up, 10 Lifestyle Essentials to Glow By. It's available on Amazon. And I also wrote a book called Teaching Yoga, The Side Hustle to Save the World, How to Live Your Practice, Earn Your Living, Embracing Radical Self-Acceptance and Love. And I'm working on a third book. And the third book illuminates the concepts that we're going to explore in this 20-part series. Tai Chill is the group fitness class that I'm working on such that when the world does open back up and you're ready to jump into different classes in a group exercise format. I can't wait to teach you this. Tai Chi is really fun, but it's very serious martial arts and I'm not a serious person. So I'm adding classic rock to this beautiful form that I learned from my teacher. And I can't wait to share with you. You know, no one owns choreography, we say. And what I'm doing is I'm taking a real ancient, very serious and almost like you can really... Uh, go ahead and say it, dangerous practice, because, you know, every move in it is designed to self-defend yourself and it could hurt people. But I want to help anybody who wants to embrace aerobic activity because it's a real mind-body experience that I, I'm just bananas about. So get comfy, get some tea. This is the first time we've ever live streamed our podcast, Light Not Might. So I just want to say again, welcome. You know, we're just going to take about an hour, maybe tops together. And I'm just really excited for you to learn the things that I'm going to tell you about. I really want to give some shout outs first, though. Obviously, my husband, Greg Day, he's wonderful. He set up all of this equipment and he's producing and refining and editing our work today. So I'm really grateful. And my very best friend in the whole wide world said to me a couple days ago, she said, Danielle, look, you have a lot of information. You got to share it. And I'm just so honored to get that kind of support from somebody who's never afraid to sit me down and say, look, I know you're looking at cutting and running right now, but don't. You have something to offer the world. And so I just really appreciated that memo because it really lit a fire under me. Lighting a fire. <sighs> this whole 20-part series about Mother Nature as a life coach is going to be so much fun. And like I said in the intro that I typed out for this series, you can jump in at any time. So you don't have to feel like you have to go in order because this will be in no particular order. Um, three o'clock on Sundays from today, January 31st until June 6th, we will be doing the podcast like this. So I hope that it works for you. And if it doesn't, it's recorded. That's what the fun of YouTube and podcasting are all about. So let's drink a little bit of tea together. Tea is such a great thing, isn't it? Because it's very hydrating, as you know, 
And if you follow the principles in Light 10 Up, you're making hydration a priority. Four liters is what I shoot for because of my weight and my activity level. And tea, especially the yogi tea, the herbal, lovely array of flavors of yogi teas are just perfect for hydration. Oh, and you should always read your fortune. Before I got my glasses, I never, ever stopped to read. But on the yogi teas, it this one today, I'm just noticing for the first time, appreciate yourself and honor your soul. Appreciate yourself and honor your soul. So that's a nice little invocation for our episode today. And I'm so happy you're here. So let's get into it, okay? The subject today is Ayurveda. Now, Ayurveda is a sister science to yoga. So think of it as adjacent to the eight limbs of yoga, honoring the poses as well as the ethical and practical. Ayurveda is a word that breaks down A-Y-U-R and V-E-D-A. Now, V-E-D-A means knowledge. It comes from the ancient books that are the underpinnings of the Hindu religion, the Vedas, and Ayur, A-Y-U-R, means science. So th- it means life. And so the science of life is Ayurveda. So the knowledge being the Vedas and Ayur being life and the science of life. So this is awesome. It's kind of like one of six sister sciences in the tradition. So think of it as yoga's twin sister. Um, but wait, no, sex tuplet. Yeah, because they're all, they're not like stack ranked. They're all adjacent and they're all from the same family. So this science of life, Ayurveda, has some memos for you. And we're not going to get into what your dosha is. We're going to get into how it relates to Mother Nature being your life coach specifically in the element of time, okay? Now, a little background here, and I'm not going to go too deep because, like I said, this is all standalone content, evergreen for you, if you will. In this tradition that I'm calling Tai Chill, we embrace a nature-based faith called magical Taoism, And so don't get freaked out. It's not cultural appropriation. I'm not Chinese. I'm not going to pretend to be Chinese. But in college, my very favorite book that awakened me to the philosophy that inspires me was The Tao of Pooh by Benjamin Hoff. And he took the allegory of Winnie the Pooh and explained Taoism. And he helps us understand through this work that Winnie the Pooh was the most healthy and emotionally balanced individual in the Hundred Acre Wood. So whereas Piglet was always very afraid and lacked a lot of self-confidence, he was like Vata out of balance, the element of air and space, you know, kind of scattered. And Tigger, you know, he was pretty spastic, like just moving all the time. So you could file him under Vata also. Um, You know, Owl, he had a lot of knowledge and wisdom, but he kind of lorded over everybody. So he's a little bit obnoxious, kind of reminds me of me at yoga teacher training. So you could argue that Owl is Pitta out of balance. Pitta, P-I-T-T-A, is fire and water. So the elements of fire and water. So Vata, V-A-T-A, those are the elements of space and air, so basically just all movement, no container. Pitta is fire plus water. So it's the energy, not of movement, it's the energy of transformation. So it's like the spark that creates, right? So think about Owl and his wisdom. You know, he's a teacher, and a teacher brings a lot of Pitta to the gig because we are taking you from your practice to your calling as a teacher. So think about the alchemy there. You know, part of being a teacher is taking a student from being a learner to a master. And so that takes ignition, that takes a spark, that takes fire. 
The third element is kappa, K-A-P-P-H-A. Now, you've heard it also pronounced kapha, and there's a difference in the different languages spoken in India about if you say kappa or kapha. My teacher called it kappa, so that's what I end up using. And kappa is the energy of stability. So if you think in the 100-acre wood, kanga, the mother, kangaroo, she was the stability because she had a baby and she's a mom and she's taking care of her child. And so the one individual in 100 Acre Wood who you could argue was kappa in its extreme out of balance would be Eeyore. You know, he's very devoted and he's dedicated. He knows how to show up. He tries to have a good time and he's very loyal. He's, he's always there. He's He's typically a little bummed out, but that's Kappa out of balance. And so we'll be talking about what the concept of being in balance and out of balance is. But the main memo here about the Hundred Acre Wood and about the Tao of Pooh and about Winnie the Pooh is he finally learned how the world could be a good and happy place, to quote Douglas Adams from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Winnie the Pooh had his priorities correct. He woke up in the morning every single day. What was the thing on his mind first? what's for breakfast. And then he set on a path throughout his day to acquire the honey and to hang with his friends and to spend time with his beloved Christopher Robin. And so he was neither stuck up and snooty and bossy or like owl or agitated and mad at everybody like rabbits. There's another pit to out of balance. Or just unconfident, scared, and trembling all the time like Piglet. Or just a spaz, bouncing all over the place, crazy, kind of driving everybody nuts like Tigger. Nothing against any of the characters, but I think we can all identify with how we sometimes can tend to either be really magical and creative or anxious and scattered like Vata, the element of movement comprised of air and space. Or we can be effective, we can be authoritative, we can be a leader, which is pitta, the energy of transformation comprised of fire and water. And that can go out of balance with things like being angry or mean. And then here we are, kappa, the energy of stability that we see in balance in Kanga and out of balance in Eeyore. Kappas get attached. They love, they, they love hard to leave it all in the field. And there's nobody more devoted, loving and caring, but can become depressed if out of balance. So the tipping point is what we'll talk about here. The idea that inside all of us, there exists like Kappa, the element of earth and water, Okay, stability, the energy of stability. Pitta, the energy of transformation comprised of fire and water. Or vata, the energy of movement comprised of space and ether. No container, all scattered. Okay, so we all have these in us. You need all, all three of them. And it's exciting to think about how Mother Nature as your life coach is here to present to you the three items upon which I organize everything in life, ritual, order, and ceremony. Now, we were talking about tea a second ago. Tea is great for hydration. It has a lot of different elements depending on the yogi tea that you select and has many different properties. Sometimes there's caffeine that's going to rev you up. Sometimes there's dandelion or licorice root that's going to clean you out. Sometimes there's lemon and ginger, which is going to fire you up and really aid in digestion. So you can see how right away tea offers you these three ways to capture ritual, order, and ceremony in a little beverage. The ritual of sitting down in your favorite comfy chair with your maybe your favorite cup to have your favorite beverage, there's a ritual to it, you know? I love to explain in teacher training how 
if you are feeling agitated in terms of anxiety, maybe you are nervous about teaching next, or if, say, you're having a day where you just feel like you can't get anything done because you are feeling flaky and maybe you're late for every appointment you have that day, a great way to harness and hold and contain the vata, remember the energy of movement, is to say, well, the energy of movement is very dry and it's very cold. It's like a breeze blowing on you like a fan. And sometimes that's helpful. Sometimes it's not. And that's the big memo about Ayurveda. Like attracts like, and it's awesome till it's not. That's that tipping point. But let's just say you're feeling frazzled, scattered, anxious. Maybe you're afraid of something. Tea right away. The heat and the warmth are and in the container of the cup and the process that provides you with a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? Right when you first sip your tea, smell it. it you know, it, when it's all ready to go, like it's been steeping for four minutes, and hold it, feel the heat. You cannot run and hold a cup of tea. I mean, if you have a hydro flask or something and there's a lid on it, sure you you can, but um, you can't chug it. You can't drink it quickly. So it forces you to sit still. It compels you and invites you to smell it. So these are using your five senses of just getting into your body because when you're scattered, flaky, freaked out, you are out of your body. You're kind of out of your mind. So tea right away invites some balance for you. And the order in terms of, well, a cup, it has a full, a half full, and uh, needs filled back up. So there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to your cup of tea, right? And ceremony, that's what I love about how there's a little fortune on the yogi teas. Um, <laughs> I'm so tempted to turn my face and talk to Greg because he's right over there editing. I'm like, we need to say this episode is sponsored <laughs> today by Yogi T. We'll have to call him up. Anyway, the point here is this, the ceremony of tea. Now, we all know about Asian cultures and a, the, the tea ceremony. Um, there's a lot of beauty there and symbolism there. And that's what I'm inviting you to try on, if you will, with these concepts. Mother Nature, as your life coach, this 20-part series is going to be about using kind of like, let's say, the right hemisphere of your brain. You know, you're a rational, successful, professional human being in North America, and you use your left brain a lot. You have teams that you work with. You have a job to do. You have responsibilities. You have roles to play in your friendships and your family. And so you get to take off that thinking cap of your left side of your brain for a little while. And you get to put on some sorcerer's robes with me, if you will, and play in the right hemisphere of your brain. This is where the actual moment at hand and your five senses come into play. This isn't about planning or assimilating information or thinking and judging. This is about being. And that's what's awesome about mind-body practices in general is that they compel you to get out of your head and into this beautiful realm of your breath and your body. So... Ritual, order, and ceremony. Well, this also compels us to take a second where we are in this little chat time together and kind of get started. We've been starting for a while, but let's drink a little more tea. And let's get started. Um, put both of your feet flat on the floor if you're sitting. Sit up a little straighter if you're sitting. And assuming that you are nice and comfortable, maybe take your hands and turn the palms down so that you can feel grounded. Notice the difference here. By putting your palms down on your lap, on your legs, on your thighs, and feeling the warmth of your skin, 
in the comfort of your surroundings. Maybe just close your eyes for just a second here, okay? So take your shoulders, roll them up, and then back and down, okay? Puff up your heart so you feel a little taller in your chest. And empty your lungs, just watch. You just take a couple breaths in and out. Okay, now play here for a second. The right hemisphere of your brain is just witnessing what your left side is doing. Your left side of your brain is probably like, okay, how long is this going to take? This reminds me of a story that I did or said or, or experienced. I like this. I don't like this. That's okay. Your left brain, its job is to think. Its job is to track. Its, its job is to assess and make decisions and remember things, to put structure and category around your experiences. That's okay. Let it do that. Turn toward the right hemisphere of your brain and notice yourself noticing yourself. Run a scan head to toe, just kind of feel what it feels like to breathe inside your body. Hey, open your eyes. All right, welcome back. So to recap, we're talking about Ayurveda, the science of life. And it's fun to think about how all the elements that comprise the tradition of Ayurveda are comprising you. Here's the memo of this podcast, specifically this episode today. Time has its own relationship to Ayurveda. I can't wait to share this information with you. I just get so giddy when I think about these things. I want you to think about a normal day, not like a Monday through Friday. Imagine this is a day where maybe you've been on vacation for two days, and it's that third day of vacation where you don't have anything planned, but you've switched gears. You're like finally present, right? You know, the arriving, the unpacking, the logistics, scheduling, all that's past. You're just actually there. You're on vacation, okay? And you can wake up when it feels right. You can eat when you feel like it. And whatever you're going to do or not do, you're going to do and not do based on how you really are vibing. It's a groove time, right? So it's going to feel right and it's going to be the choices you make in accordance with feeling right. Okay, so I just, I really want you to wrap your head around that kind of moment. Day three on a vacation where you can wake, sleep, play, eat, whatever would constitute showing up or going to sleep whenever you want, okay? So life presents an energy all throughout 24 hours in increments, okay? There are four-hour increments in a 24-hour period comprising six Changes of scenery. I want you to imagine them like that. Like you're watching a play and each change of scenery is, is a whole different vibe. Because that's what Mother Nature provides for us in a 24-hour period. That's why I'm saying imagine you're on vacation. Because the minute I start describing some of these concepts, you're going to immediately think about all of your have-tos in life, about your job and your family and your work and you're this and you're that. Please set that aside, okay? All right. <sighs> Vata. We said that was the energy of movement, the elements of air and space. There are two times of day that are governed by these elements and the Vata, okay? It's 2 to 6 a.m. and 2 
to 6 p.m. Think about how it feels to be in the 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock realm, a.m. and p.m. Just, just kind of let that find you for a second. Now, let's turn to Pitta, the fire and water, the energy of transformation, okay? 10 to 2. Think about what 10 to 2 a.m. and p.m. feel like, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's different, isn't it? It's way different because that's when you're fired up. That's when you're fired up. That's when you're getting a lot done. Now, if you're asleep from 10 to 2, good on you. You're probably having your most, like, interesting dreams. You're probably having your most digesting time of information in your brain and probably the assimilation of nutrition that you took in all day and hydration. And if you're up and it's 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., yeah, that's when we eat lunch, right? And on vacation, think about it. That's probably when you've wandered down to the breakfast buffet about 10 a.m., and you're getting lunch later that day. And think about what you would choose to do on vacation from 10 to 2. Like, that's when you would plan activities, right? Kind of cool. Okay. And then 6 to 10 a.m. and p.m. is kappa. Kappa, again, is the energy of stability and is comprised of the elements earth and water. And that is the grounded time, the grounded, like, the whole energy of stability. Think about it. 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. What are we doing during those times? 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. What are we doing during those times? Think about it. It's kind of a time of hominess. That's why Kanga is our little representative in the Hundred Acre Wood, because she's making breakfast for her child in the morning, getting him off to school. Or if it's 6 p.m., making dinner. And sitting down on the couch and watching some TV or playing board games and puzzles and drinking hot cocoa and going to bed. So there's a vibe. There's there's an energy to it. And that's the memo here. Ooh, I got all excited. I bumped the microphone. Um, the energy of stability. So this is the memo here. Mother Nature, as your life coach, is saying, okay, now, don't don't go there. I know what time work is. I know what time your children go to bed or they what time your partner, your spouse goes to bed. Like, let's just set this aside. This remember is day three of a vacation. What time are you going to get up? What time are you going to go to bed? Well, let's just imagine, okay? Let's really put our brain to work here. We're in Maui, okay? And you just have been living right. So... Day three, you wake up kind of early. You know, you you didn't sleep in because you're on vacation. You want to explore. You know, maybe you want to get in a, a workout, right? And so you get up maybe a little earlier than you normally would because you want to squeeze the most out of this day, right? Maybe you get up before the sun. So about what time is that? probably prior to 6 a.m. So how much before 6 a.m.? What if you got up at 5 a.m.? What if you, what if, you know, there was a little time change difference and you got up at like four? Okay, this is a memo. I I know that your brain is gonna be like, I'm not gonna get up at four, I gotta sleep. I can't feel good if I don't sleep. That's okay. I'm just explaining to you a concept. Getting up before your kids wake up, getting up before your partner wakes up, getting up before the day wakes up, getting up in the vata period of time between two and six is a really magical experience. I had the chance to go to Bastyr University to take an Ayurveda workshop for a weekend about five four or five years ago. And 
I was really up to speed on all these concepts because I'd been teaching them in yoga teacher training forever. But I was really curious to see what the guy who advises the yogi tea people would say. Yeah, this big swami dude who advises yogi tea, who has written like a thousand papers on Ayurveda. He's not a PhD, but he's darn close. He was running this workshop and sure enough, the answer to every question in how do you live right? How do you how do you understand the science of life, which is Ayurveda? The answer to every question is wake up at 4 a.m. Now, why? Well, it's a magical period of time. And it, you get a lot done in terms of journaling, meditation, and thinking and creating. A lot of people I know who are writers, they get up and they write early in the morning. That's when I write my best is in the morning. If you are working on some goals in life and you really want to embody what you're working on, there's nothing more magical than having that time to yourself early in the morning. And different phases of life, that's realistic. Different phases of life, it's not realistic. If you're a teenager or you know, you are still growing or you are just working odd hours, obviously. It doesn't work. But I'm just saying, Mother Nature has a trick for you to watch the dawn, to watch when that first light breaks, especially in the Pacific Northwest. We're here in Seattle, Washington. I live in Lake Forest Park, and we have a home that overlooks Lake Washington on the North Shore. And on the other side of the lake is St. Edward's Park, and it's a whole bunch of forest. And beyond that are mountains, the Cascades. And when it's cloudy, which is most of the year, it's pretty special to be up when that first light of dawn is peeking behind the mountains, but still under the clouds. It's pink. It's purple. It's crazy how beautiful it is. So just think about how the energy of movement has a quality of magic when it is in balance. That's when we are creative and that's the energy of just sparkles and glitter and fairy dust and unicorns. And it is magic stuff. The whole world shifts and changes at 6 a.m. Because now we're in the cup of time, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. This is a time where, yeah, maybe if you are under the covers and you sleep late, that's where you end up maybe waking up feeling a little lethargic. Because what is cup? It's the energy of stability. So it's possible to be a little stuck. Now, different constitutions, different doshas, you know, different... Folks, here's the memo. You're a unique ratio of kappa, pitta, and vata. Everybody has a very specific dialed-in ratio. So here's the idea. 6 to 10 a.m. and p.m. are those grounded times. It's the energy of stability. And so it is wonderful to exercise between 6 and 10 a.m. because that's when you are not scattered. It's really hard to keep an appointment between 2 and 6 a.m. and p.m., but it's really more purposeful and durable when you get to tap into that earthy energy of 6 to 10 a.m. It's also when we maybe eat breakfast in terms of like something light. It's where we take care of other people, making sure that our family has what they need for the day and it's time for you to take care of yourself. So it's really about you showing up and being that loyal, dependable soul that is really the poster child of the kappa dosha, of the kappa energy, the energy of stability. So let's move. 10 a.m. starts, and, and there you go. So there you are. In this scenario where you're on vacation, that's when it's go time. That's when you make the appointments. And even if it is just to get a massage or a facial or to go visit um, 
the local farmer's market, like that's when it would be open, right? That's when the the activities would be beginning because 10 to 2, it's got a whole different vibe, doesn't it? It's about the energy of transformation, pitta, the fire in the water. It's about the steam that moves the locomotive. So for our purposes here on this Maui vacation that we're on, we imagine, yeah, that's where we would do the sightseeing. That's where we would would do the zip lining. That's when we would bungee jump. And that's exciting. And that's why Mother Nature, as your life coach, would suggest to you that in your life, in your living, eat your biggest meals between 10 and 2, because that's this fire of your digestion. It's all about transformation. You're transforming food into energy. That's why we eat most of our calories optimally between 10 and 2. It just is in alignment with Mother Nature's fiery moments. And so, yeah, it's a different world at 10 a.m., isn't it? Think about it. If you're still in your pajamas doing the cup of thing, the 6 to 10 vibe, deep in like 10, 11 a.m., that's called depression. If you have your bathrobe on, like at 11 a.m., you're giving up on life. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but in the earlier days of COVID, man, I was waking up like at nine. I was rolling around in my loungewear like at 11 a.m. And that's when I started to day drink. I was really falling apart. I was not living in harmony with nature's rhythms. So Mother Nature as your life coach is encouraging you to think about take your day whether it's a normal work day or a vacation day, cram all the action into 10 and 2 because that's the the high time. All right. So it's a different vibe, isn't it, than at 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. We're making that transition again. Now we're back to Vata. So think about it this way. 10 to 2 a.m. and p.m., that's fire, right? And 6 to 10 a.m. and p.m., that's earth. So those are like two polar opposites, right? Fired up and totally like just comfortable, right? So you you need a transition between those. And that's what Vata is. So you got fire and, and water, fire, fire, fire. And you've got earth and water, you know, durable, solid. And you have Vata, energy of movement between them. Remember? Ether and space, no container. So think about it. 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., the arsenic hour. This is when babies lose their brains. Like brand new newborns, they call 4 p.m. the witching hour because they're just, they're going mental. That There's a reason for that. Think about all the hubbub between 2 and 6 p.m. You know, kids coming home from school and there's homework, there's activities. You know, if you're at work, that's when you find your energy kind of slumping. Maybe that's when it's harder to be productive, you know, that whole kind of end of the day sort of feeling. Well, you're encouraged to not like make major decisions and do the majority of your work in, the, in that time frame because that's a transition time. You know, probably going to hang it up pretty soon and travel home if it's if it's the before times. But think about it. Two to six, there's a vibe. That's why happy hour is in there, I'm saying, because there's a vibe. Because 6 o'clock p.m., well, to 10 p.m., there, there's your, you're back to kappa again. This is where we're sitting at the table. We're having dinner. We're going to clean up the dishes. We're going to, you know, relax as a family. If you're by yourself, that's a great time for you to then just get under a comforter and read a book or enjoy some light content. And And here's the memo, guys. Mother Nature says, try your best to get to bed before 10 p.m. Because that's when you're going to get fired up again, right? Because 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., that's pizza. We're back to the fiery stuff. Have you gone to bed after 10 p.m. and then suddenly just got a second wind like you're so awake? If we're in our mythical vacation on Maui in the imagination here, 6 o'clock p.m., yes, yeah, when you got your dinner reservations, right? And you're having your meal. And then, then there's maybe some dancing, right? Or some other kind of romance of walking on the beach, you know, or spending time on purpose with your family members, kind of debriefing about the day. You know, if you're, or if you're traveling with friends, you know, this is where we're kicking it. We're having a nice meal and some cocktails and we're going to go dancing or maybe we'll go see a show or, you know, like a movie or something. 
something. And, and you know, you're on vacation, so you can push all the way till 2 a.m. You know, if you're on vacation, y- yeah, you'll stay up. And that's awesome because Mother Nature does give you that big burst of energy around 10 p.m. if you're awake. So the memo here about the cycles of living is your body wants a schedule. Think about it. Your children, they need a schedule, right? And your pets, they prefer a schedule, right? And Mother Nature, she is on a schedule. And that's the memo here. In our modern life, sometimes it's hard for us to stick to a schedule. I was on a call a couple days ago with friends, and we were sharing some of our challenges during the lockdown initially. And one of the friends, she was saying that, yeah, she said, how do I fill the hours? You know, and that's that was the problem I was having when I was having a problem of just not really having a schedule or routine. The way I got my life back together a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, October, this is January, was I got on a schedule. And that's one thing I would like to share with you today about how I crafted the perfect schedule using the nature's rhythms of Ayurveda. And and again, I'm not trying to say this is a one size fits all for you. No, you've got your own life and you are capable. You've been nailing it to this point. So I know you can solve all of your problems and challenges with all your current resources. I'm just excited to give you the ideas that if you can make the call, like on vacation in Maui, you might try these ideas. Okay. So Imagine in our mythical vacation, it's 2 a.m. Yeah, we're still up. Yeah, we're going to go to bed real quick, right? And if we only get four hours of sleep, that's pretty special, you know, to see the sunrise and to get up and do some morning yoga on the beach. That's pretty special. You could take a nap by the pool later when your body just goes timber. So I hope we get to go on vacation in Maui. Um, sometime soon. So let's 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 recap. We're talking about nature's rhythms and how we can really optimize a healthy, happy life. So here we go. If you can get up before 6 a.m, try it. Go really slow as so much as to tiptoe so that you don't disturb the vata. Because vata, out of balance, the tipping point is anxiety, right? So the idea about vata time is magic because it's transformational. Remember, it's transitional. Sorry, pitta is transformational. The fire is the ignition and the spark. Vata is the energy that moves us from the groundedness of kappa to the fire of the pitta. So what I'm suggesting over here is I'm going to tell you about my day. I get up at 4 a.m. I put my feet on the floor and I say thank you to the universe and I start. So I exit the bed. Now, There's a 20-minute window that's very special because that's where I take care of my cats and I make my coffee. 4.20 a.m. We're talking ritual, order, and ceremony. Every day, 4.20 a.m. is so sacred to me. I'm still in that vata time. So this this is like my me time for creativity and meditation and journaling. I like to listen to entertaining podcasts. I like to just sit and drink my coffee with my cat on my lap. I like to light the candles and turn on all my fun fairy lights in the house. And I make the I make it like I'm setting the mood for a magic spell because I am. I'm creating another day of my life. And so it's about moving with purpose, but it's it's like 4:20 a.m. There is coffee in my cup and I'm smelling it and I'm drinking it. And I am creating what I want to manifest out of my life because that's the special memo about getting up at 4 a.m. is you are afforded 24 hours in which to live. Think about it. For all their billions, you know, 
Paul Allen, for example, co-founder of Microsoft, Steve Jobs, co-founder of Apple, for all their billions, they could not purchase what you are afforded when your alarm clock goes off. So it's not about, I have to get up. It's no, I get to get up. And taking care of the cats and saying good morning briefly to my husband who will be sleeping for longer is to say, welcome to another day together. I'm so happy we're here. So that's a little bit of that magic I tap into from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. is that 420 coffee and contemplation, just like Cap, what chief, the chief on Stranger Things said, mornings are for coffee and contemplation. They are. Okay. So by 6 a.m. though, it's shifted. It's now the cup of time. This is the energy of stability. So you can really get yourself grounded from six to 10. So that's when I do my yoga practice at six till seven. And then I do some creation for promotion for my company. Just take a couple of pictures and post them and put some vibe out there for my company. And then I get my breakfast at eight, something light, just eggs, right? Just scrambled eggs, maybe a little bit of avocado, maybe a tiny half piece of toast, but like I sit and I enjoy it. I don't rush through it. I don't I don't drink anything like a, a blended shake or anything. Not that that's bad, you know, but like I really try to make a small, substantial ceremonial meal that I can sit and I put on my favorite little plate and I just I witness the smells and the textures and I really eat it on purpose with purpose. And then I do a little Thai chill. It's just a nine minute practice at nine o'clock bit of gratitude there. And by then I'm dressed and I've cleaned up the kitchen and I'm ready to go outside. And by 10 a.m. I'm on a run because there we are. We're switching again. 10 to 2. That's fire. That's pitta. That is the energy of transformation. So I'm taking the sleep I got, the the coffee I ingested, the food I ate, and I'm going to make some difference in my health and fitness. So that's when I work out hardest is from 10 to 2. So it's like a big old run, come home, take a shower, do some dry lymphatic treatment, um, dry brushing massage for the skin and the the whole vibe. I just love that. And I've got four liters of water poured that I'm going to be drinking throughout the day. And the whole deal here is I take advantage of that 10 to 2 time frame to get big things done. If I have to go get to go to the supermarket, I go then. If I have laundry I get to do, I do it then. If I have house cleaning and chores, I do them then. But by 2 o'clock, the vibe changes again. It's vata, the energy of movement, 2 to 6. So this is my issue. If I don't follow this routine of sitting down at two o'clock and getting a container around myself, because that's a wiggy time. Think about vata out of balance as just being a wiggy time. We also said it's magical. So here's how I take advantage. From two o'clock till 4.20, I read a book. I read nonfiction and I, and I learn something. But at 4.20, we're back to 4.20 again. Remember at 4.20 a.m. it was coffee? At 4.20 p.m. this time, it is a cocktail. I allow myself two alcoholic beverages and I hang it up at 5.20 because left to my own devices, left to the way I was rolling from March until October of COVID 2020, I was day drinking all and I was eating tons of carbs and lots of fast food and just, I was depressed. I was out of balance. I wasn't following nature's memos here. I wasn't letting her be my personal trainer. You know, I didn't witness the dawn in the morning. I didn't witness the gift of getting out of bed early and having some structure. I didn't have a routine. So I was awful. I was so sad. And at two o'clock, I was drunk. So healing since October 2nd, 2020. Talking to you today, January 31st, 2021. I have lost 35 pounds. I'm going to lose 17 more. And we're going to check in every week, uh, Sundays at 3 p.m. Because two to six is a creative time. We're creating something together right now. And you're darn right I'm turning you loose in 10 minutes because I've got a cocktail to mix and to sit down with my sweetheart at 4.20 p.m. Because again, ritual, order, ceremony. These are the, the cornerstones, the hallmarks 
of this balanced and healthier, happier, more productive, purposeful life. Now, I know you have your own things going on, so please don't think I'm telling you how to live. I'm just sharing that I am being a humble servant to Mother Nature's rhythm here. Um, she's the boss of me. So at two o'clock, it's the Vata time, and it, it's when I feel like getting into mischief, but it's not time to drink yet. It's not. It's not. 420 is. So that's what I'm doing. I sit down, we make cocktails and my husband, you know, if he is not working on something that needs his 100% max bandwidth, you know, he'll take a second in, you know, before he hangs it up at 5 p.m. and he'll he'll, he'll hang out with me and we just cheers, you know, we make a toast. Just like at four in the morning when I woke up and I said, welcome to another day together. I'll let you sleep. <laughs> at 4.20, we raise a glass and we look each other in the eye and we say, cheers. We get to have another day together, another evening together. And so we kick it and I make some dinner and I eat my dinner and we try to have um, maybe another cocktail with dinner. But at 5.20, it's kind of done. It's time for me then to clean the kitchen, close the kitchen and by six o'clock, I wash up to wind down at six o'clock. Because what's at six? Kappa, the energy of stability, the elements of earth and water. And it's that six to 10 that I want to be completely wound down. So I am asleep, like dead asleep, definitely by 10 p.m. I go to bed at seven and I work hard to be conked out sleeping at eight because I wake up at four. But honestly, if I go to bed at 9 or 10 for some rare occasion like New Year's Eve or maybe we you know, have something going on, I would still wake up at 4 because that's how I do my life for the best results, to have that me time in the magical hours before 6 when I start, you know, that purposeful stuff of my yoga practice and my breakfast and, you know, getting my husband's breakfast together and, you know, kind of cleaning cat boxes and, you know, tidying up a little bit. And then 10 o'clock hitting the workout hard lunch, having the biggest meal and then doing my things, doing all the things till two, two, sit down, read a book, you know, two o'clock. It, it's, it's a crazy frenetic time. I try so hard. So, if you don't have the luxury of, of hanging it up and reading a book at two, think about that's when you grab a cup of tea because you can't run and carry a cup of tea. It forces you to contain yourself because that's the challenge during Vata, the energy of movement, the elements of air and space. It's a wacky, wacky time. So tap into it for creativity. If you're at work, see if you can have more of your marketing type meetings or, or, you know, brainstorming meetings like from two to six, or hopefully you're done with work at five, but, you know, try to get your creativity stuff in that period, you know, and it, it's, it's a crazy time, isn't it? With sometimes this is when kids come home and this is when there's just so many balls in the air. Nobody can keep an appointment between 2 and 6 p.m. Think about it. We're always scattered. We're kind of running late. But uh, I encourage you to consider ways that you can add some structure to the 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. time so that you don't fall apart or like me, like just pour a you know, drink when it's inappropriate. 420, though, in my house, it's appropriate. So that's the idea so that by 6 p.m., Everyone can sit at the table, kind of, so to speak, right? Everyone can come together as a family, as a unit. If you're, if you live by yourself, you know that. Challenge yourself to that. Be a time where you do turn the page. I know it seems weird to wash up for bed, brush your teeth, do your do your skincare, floss, use mouthwash, and put on the best, most high quality pajamas you can possibly afford at six p.m. I know it feels a little bit like I'm living like a third grader, but Doggone it, if I don't feel immediately the cup of energy of transformation, those elements of earth and water just take over in my body. My blood pressure drops. I don't feel like drinking any more alcohol. I have a rule for myself that I do not consume calories when I'm in my pajamas. So that's where tea, again, ritual order ceremony. If I want a little something, something, sleepy time tea. If I want to nosh or make another cocktail or eat, you know, I'll put teeth whitening strips in so that I'm forbidden to eat. So that helps. By then, of course, I've, I have drank all my water for the day 
And this is a time where I start to just really wind down. So I call it wash up to wind down. It's a little hint in the Light 10 Up book. But to your purposes here, to this podcast, this episode, talking about Mother Nature as your life coach, we're saying we're going to lean into how she's going to give us that grounding time between 6 and 10 to be at home, to be a homebody, to be under a comforter on the couch watching some fun, light content. You know, when I was a yoga teacher and a group fitness instructor, a lot of our gigs were in prime time between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. And I'll tell you, they were really better classes when I leaned into, okay, four o'clock PM class. I better make this super short attention span jazzy because it's a, it's the Vata time of day. So we didn't start with like everybody sit in meditation. Nobody can sit in meditation at 4 PM. That's ridiculous. First of all, nobody can make it to class by 4 PM. Those are always the sessions where people would be coming in late. And then when I was teaching classes at like 6 PM, that 6 p.m., 6.30 p.m., 7 p.m., that was a better time to practice more yin classes or starting off seated in meditation or doing some pranayama. Like they, they aren't as flaky and, you know, frenetic as the students. More at 6, 7 p.m., they were, they were more grounded. And if it was like an 8 o'clock p.m. class or an 8.30 p.m. class, yeah, that's when we did things like yin. That's where we did things like yoga nidra. That's where we did end up with longer shavasanas, you know, at the end because they're about to go to bed. So it makes sense, doesn't it? Mother Nature wants for you to get up early and, and, and take care of your home and then do your work. And then transition to being back in the home space. So yeah, those times I would teach primetime classes and come home about nine o'clock at night, that wasn't time for me to start anything new in the day. No, obviously time to brush up teeth and wash up and go to bed because I'd be getting up early. Because getting up early, it's just Mother Nature wants you to do it. And I know not it's not for everybody. I am married to a kappa whose groove really takes shape at about 10 a.m. when the pitta times fired up, got him moving around. So this schedule for my partner, my husband, he goes to bed at 11 at night. So he still gets to follow his own rhythm of wake up, kind of like putter around, show up, do the work have a nice time at 4.20 and a nice little dinner. And then when it's six o'clock to 10 o'clock, you know, that's when I'm conked out and and he'll go to bed at 11.30. He can fall asleep. He's a kappa. He can fall asleep at midnight, 11.30 p.m., 12.30 p.m. If I try to go to bed at 11, I know this because I tried it when I was off my schedule in COVID quarantine phase one. Um, I'm just too spastic. Like if I wake up accidentally at 10 PM, forget it. I can't sleep till two. The full moon will keep me up when it's a little closer to the earth. Like it was last week. Does that resonate for anybody? Did you have a hard time sleeping on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week? Yeah. I was waking up at 10 because that's when it's a fiery time. So think about how you can structure your day for routine Think about how you can imbue a little bit of ritual, order, and ceremony. Think about how you could, when you can, make the call, okay? See if you can cram most of the action into 10 and 2. See if you can be conked out sleeping before 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. See if it's available for you to get up before 6 or at 6. I know it's a big ask. And if you're a kappa, it's probably not going to work for you. If you're a vata, you probably need the extra sleep because you probably didn't stop thinking until 2 a.m., right? Right? But if you're a pitta, like me, and it's available to you, yeah, 10 to 2 is when you're going to rock. So 10 to 2 is when you got to sleep. A.m. and p.m., baby. So to recap, I just want to thank you. This is your Light Not Might podcast. Today's first out of 20 weekly episodes called Mother Nature 
is a life coach. Thanks for listening to the concepts about Ayurveda. And time management is a huge technique for success. It's a huge opportunity when you lean into nature's rhythms. Eat when you're hungry and then stop when you're full. Sleep when you're tired. Practice good sleep hygiene. And let's tune in again next week at 3 p.m. on Sunday. I look forward to sharing some information with you then. And I just want to thank you so much for listening. I want to thank my husband for producing this episode. I want to thank Yogi T for all the inspiration they provide. And as ever, I want to thank my best friend for the encouragement. And have a wonderful, wonderful week, friends. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.